social ladies. All the 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 social ladies. Now put your phones up. Charlie, you bit my finger. Ouch, Charlie, you bit my finger. That really hurt. Your accent <laughs> is so much better than mine. I sound like an Australian. Thank you. You just sound like a little kid, which I guess is the point. Is the point. Well, that throwback of a viral video is back in the news. Yes. So the classic 2007 YouTube video, regarded as one of the earliest viral videos on the internet, sold as an NFT this weekend for $760,000. Very cool. Very cool. If you're not familiar with NFTs, it's a non-fungible token. Basically lets people buy the rights to the original pieces of internet culture. So that could be a meme, a digital piece of art, or a viral video like this one. And as of Monday morning, that original video has been taken down from YouTube. Correct. So, so the owner is the only person who has the original file. I was thinking about it, Jen. Yes. I have a video from seventh grade on YouTube that has over 100,000 views. Do you think I should put it up for auction? I mean, since we are very famous because of this podcast, you might make a lot of money <laughs> off of it. Worth a shot, right? Worth a shot. Since you're so famous as well, I'm curious <laughs> if you got invited to Adrian's kickback over the weekend. Everyone got invited to Adrian's kickback. Seemingly so. So Adrian is a young high schooler from Southern California, and he created a little flyer for his birthday party kickback. His friend then took to TikTok to post a video about this kickback at the beach as well. And soon enough, the video went viral for no reason at all. <laughs> Thousands of teenagers flocked to Huntington Beach for Adrian's kickback. Police had to break up the party. There was, you know, Adrian had moved the party to a secret location the following day and it never actually happened. People had paid $40 for these tickets. It's this whole drama and saga. Um, but it really launched Adrian's influencer career, I guess. Wow. It just shows the power of TikTok. Do you think you could tell me the difference between a party and a kickback? I absolutely can. Why am I not surprised? <laughs> a party is like, in my opinion, open invite. Anyone can come. I'm talking like in high school terms. A party, anyone sure. can come. It's like show up, bring whoever. A kickback's a little more exclusive. I feel like it's invite only. Maybe a little more chill. Hence why thousands of people showing up <laughs> yeah, to Huntington yeah. Beach. It didn't work out that problem. way, clearly. Okay, I actually want to talk about something else going viral. Amazon has now built a shoppable page on their website for only internet famous items. Okay, from TikTok, right? Yes. So I've bought the gua sha. We of have course. the chom chom roller. Other things on here include a, like fancy sunglasses. The leggings. The leggings that CeraVe V lotion that everyone oh, loves, yeah, I use that, that too. foot peel mask, mini waffle maker. So interesting. Honestly, it's really cool to see it all living in one place and smart action on Amazon's part for putting this I together. I totally agree. Let's continue this TikTok train because yeah. seemingly TikTok is taking over Let's the world. Let's lean into it. Sirius XM and TikTok are partnering up for a TikTok-inspired radio station. And we actually talked to our guests a little bit about this today because we say we never know what came first. Was it the song on TikTok or was it a <laughs> song on the charts that then made its way to TikTok? So according to Sirius, popular TikTok creators will actually curate and host their own playlists. Fun. And then... It's aired through Sirius XM. I love that. Anyway, you brought up our guest. Yes. So today we are talking to Maddie Spivak, who is the social media specialist at Fender and Fender Play. We are so excited to welcome Maddie onto her very first podcast. Yes. So let's get into it. 
Hi, Maddie. Welcome to All the Social Ladies. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. We are happy to have you. So we're ready to jump into the social media speed round if you are. Okay, I'm ready. What's your favorite social network? Probably Instagram. Do you pronounce it GIF or JIF? Oh, GIF all the way. What Instagram ad can you not get rid of? Oh, boy. Honestly, probably Fender Play. I mean, that <laughs> is probably because I work at Fender. Um, but yeah, that's definitely the one. It's either that or I keep randomly getting jerky bouquets. For, I don't what? know if it's like, cause it's almost Father's <laughs> Day or something. I don't know who's doing the targeting for that, but I'm, I'm not their demographic. Okay. What is your go-to emoji? Oh man. This was the hardest one. Probably the girl when she puts her hand on her forehead and she's mm-hmm. like, oh yes. geez, that's probably yeah. number one. Who is your favorite celebrity to follow on social? I don't know if you guys know like Molly Baz from, uh, yeah. Bo- she was like, bon yeah, 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 yeah. So she's like one of my favorite people. She just like came out of the cookbook. I'm so excited. I know. I want to order it. So yeah, I just love her. She's That's amazing. a good choice. Yeah. What about stories or feed posts? Oh, stories all the way. And last one. What was your first screen name? Oh man, it was so dumb. <laughs> it was Maddie Girl 6754, but like M-A-D-I. I don't know. I don't know what I was trying to do with that. I think I just like <laughs> hit on the keyboard and just hit the first four numbers. Let's get into this because we are kind of obsessed with your job. <laughs> we want to know how you found yourself at Fender in the first place. I mean, I guess going way back, music has always been a huge part of my life. My dad plays guitar and he was the one who first got me into it. And then just everything followed suit of, I got really into choir. I, you know, singing, started picking up piano and it was just always a huge part of my life. But I think as I got closer to figuring out what I want to do for college and all that, I just had in my head that like, if you wanted to be in music, you had to be a performer, which Mm. doesn't make any sense, but that's just what I thought (laughs) at the time. And so I was like, okay, well, music and cooking, which is obviously another big one for me. Those are going to be my hobbies, but like, I need to find a real job, whatever that means. (laughs) So then I I went to college at Cal Poly San Luis Obispo and thought I was going to be a therapist, majored in psych and quickly realized that was not the journey for me. (laughs) But I also minored in music because I just still wanted to, again, be a part of my life in some way. Yeah. Okay. Kept going through school, basically graduated and had a very similar experience to most people where you're just like, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. So I moved back home and just kind of had to like set a reset button. And, you know, with a lot of guidance between family and friends and honestly, mostly my therapist at the time, <laughs> you know, she pointed out to me that I was talking about music a lot. And she was like, why aren't you doing something in music? And I was like, well, I don't want to be your performer. Right. She's like, you know, there's other jobs you can do. And we made this like huge list of you can work in A&R, you can be a producer, you can, you know, a receptionist at a guitar instruction mm-hmm. play, you know, and it literally was groundbreaking at the time. So then she was just like, look, don't worry about the position. Just like try to find something in music. So once I kind of had that direction, it made me feel like I had a path. You could see the light. Yeah, exactly. So I just started talking to anybody who was willing to listen or talk to me about, you know, music or how they got to their job, networking up the wazoo. (laughs) I landed my first job at Spellbound, which was my job prior to Fender. But the way I got there was through my dental hygienist. I went to a dentist checkup. My dentist was like, oh, you know, how are you doing? Are you working? And I was like, yeah, I'm trying to find something in music, just having a really hard time. And she was like, oh, you know what? I think I have a family friend that went to Berkeley. Do you want to just send me your resume? And I can see what's out there. And I was not even thinking anything would happen of it. I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. So I sent her my resume. 
And literally two days later, I get a text and it's like, I heard that you're looking for a job. I have a friend that works at a digital <laughs> agency for legacy musicians. And they need an intern. Are you interested? And I was like, oh my God, yes, please. Like, <laughs> And so that's how I landed my first internship at the Spellbound Group, which is a digital marketing agency for legendary acts like The Doors, Janis Joplin, Otis Redding. So I was running all of their social media. It was crazy. Landed there as an intern and then a position opened up for a full-time content manager. So then I was there for just under a year curating social content for all of these huge artists that had inspired me as a kid. And, and it was a great music crash course, mm-hmm. you know, just really digging in, mm-hmm. which then really served me later down the line when I then applied for Fender. So yeah, so in January of 2019, I got hired as a social media coordinator for our beginner and acoustic audience. So that really entailed curating content for our Fender acoustics page at the time, which has now become our Fender Play Instagram. And then almost two and a half years later down the line, my job has completely changed. As you know, I'm do. doing a lot more. <laughs> What I've learned from this story is that you should always talk to your dental hygienist, even when their hands are in your mouth. 100%. I want to start with Fender Play because you brought that up first, and that was kind of your first step in the Fender world. And you mentioned what it is. It's these, you know, the app for the lessons. Tell us how that's changed in the pandemic. I'm sure a lot of people took up new hobbies wanting to learn how to play (laughs) the guitar. So yeah, so Fender plays like our complete online learning platform for guitar-based ukulele. So what's really nice about it is you have these bite-sized lessons that you can do it on your phone, you can do it on your computer, and you can just learn guitar at your own pace. And during the pandemic, we were also trying to figure out what our strategy was for the pandemic. Mm -hmm. One of the first things we talked about was like, okay, how can we support people during this time? And so one of the first things that we did was late March 2020, we put out this offer to all of our followers to give them Fender Play for free to the first 100,000 users. So it was like, you don't need a credit card, nothing, just use this code. You can have it for three months, learn guitar. Oh, wow. And we were out of those codes within a week. It was crazy. And then again, our Fender Play community, like our little Facebook group where people are just in like talking about like skills you're having trouble with. We do live lessons in there as well. That community basically doubled overnight. It was so amazing to just see that community grow. And the fact that we could give people a little bit of joy or like, you know, just something to do while their lives have turned upside down. It was really amazing to be a part of that. I would like to hear a little bit more about the lives because I think that's actually a really great way to stay connected and make it feel more personal for a lot of people. Yeah. Tell us about how that strategy came to life and really what that looks like for you. Fender Play Live is a weekly interactive show we have on Wednesdays and you can find them on our Fender Facebook or YouTube page. We have like a different topic and usually like a different artist that comes in to kind of talk about either a different technique, a different genre. And then we do like a Q&A. We do a giveaway for free gear. It's just like a fun little yeah. Wednesday show that you can come and tune into every week. And so that was one of my first tasks that I had when I came on board was kind of helping on the social media marketing side of that, of just like how Fender Play Live would show up on social media. So cool. so I would work with the show producer. Mm-hmm. We had a little studio on the first floor of the office. I would get a slack of like, oh, you know, blah, blah's here. Can you come do the promo? So I would, you know, come down, shoot a little promo on my phone, you know, post that <laughs> on Instagram stories. It was very just like- Scrappy. Exactly, scrappy. Yeah. yeah, which, you know, I'm sure anybody who has worked in social media has like been through that where it's just like, you got $0, make something work. And it needs to be live 
now. <laughs> yep, exactly. One of the greatest gifts I got working at Fender is one of my first bosses really gave me like a huge crash course in YouTube and YouTube analytics. I will say right now, like if you're working in social media, get into YouTube and get to know <laughs> YouTube analytics. It is such an important tool to have on so many different levels because you can get so much great data behind that. As we started kind of elevating the show a little more, we would have a debrief basically every week of, okay, so this is our topic. This is our views, engagements, impressions. Here's our audience retention. We were starting to get, I think, a lot more sophisticated in trying to make a show that, you know, our audience wanted to watch. And look forward to. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. It makes a lot of sense for a brand like you to capitalize on the second largest search engine, aka YouTube, to help put these types of instructional things out there. Because I know we want to talk about this a little bit later, but when I think about guitars, I think about Fender. And I would trust the videos and the content that you guys are putting out way before I'd put some Joe Schmo on his couch (laughs) recording a how to play this song video, you know? Yeah. And I think that you hit it right on the head where, you know, I think that's something that we've really taken to mind of as Fender, we have this authority in the space and we kind of want to be this like one-stop shop. I love hearing that. Like when you think of guitar, you think of Fender. It's great. (laughs) Um, That again, another really amazing thing to kind of see that has evolved since I've been at Fender is making this whole player journey. It's so interesting too, because you're catering to all these different audiences, all from the same channels. I can imagine it's very tricky when you're looking at the types of content and what resonates best, especially when you start digging into the data stuff. Oh, absolutely. And yeah, I think that has been another interesting part of working with like legacy artists and brands. And you kind of walk this really fine line of your brand person, what have you, is where they are right now for a reason. Fender has been around for 75 years because we make great guitars and great products. But we also have to be making sure that we're looking forward because we can't just stay stuck at, you know, just kind of be like, well, we're number one and we're just going to be here forever. You know, that's not, that's not a smart marketing strategy. So I think also just talking about video content that isn't just like a guitar demo of just be, you know, like a technical demo of like, this is the blah, blah, blah strat. And these are the features. And one of the big catalysts for us was in May of 2019, we launched our Game of Thrones Fender Custom Shop collection to align with the series finale of Game of Thrones. And we got Brad Paisley, Tom Morello, uh, all these crazy people together to play the Game of Thrones theme song. And it's our top viewed video to this day. It's I I remember the video. I feel like I remember it vividly. (laughs) I feel like that was a huge catalyst for us of like, oh, okay, our video content doesn't just have to be so technical. People just want to see their favorite artists play guitar. They just want to see it in these like organic lenses. And so we started getting a lot more serious about organic social media. It can't just like throw an ad up there and hope people will see it. Like you got to create content Mm -hmm. that is organic, feels authentic. And, you know, I think a, a perfect example is we have another series called Fender Sessions where we basically take these artists and have them do it's like half performance half interview you know they'll perform like three songs we'll kind of interview them about their songwriting process for each song in between and we've you know gotten more it kind of just started as a way to just like show off artists but then you know as time has gone on we've gotten I think a lot smarter about like okay we know we have this like big product launch coming out 
Mm-hmm. Let's take this product and kind of seed it into the serialized right, pieces right. that we have. So like, you know, we'll try to seed that into Fender Sessions or we have artist signature series where we have like artists have their own signature models through Fender. So we yeah. evolved into Fender Signature Series where they could talk about their own model and play their own songs. So it's like you're still doing product marketing. It's more subliminal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, but and that's the thing. It's like you have your paid ads for, you know, if they're trying to get in your face, like that's what the paid ads are for. And for, yeah, you know, yeah. our job or for organic social media is to be this authentic entry point into the brand. I feel like what you said about brands being, you know, authentic and putting out that content you want to see organically, not ads is important and true of every brand, but especially for Fender because it is so beloved. Like you're not, you know, mm. starting from scratch in the ground up and getting to teach people who you are and needing to put those ads in their face at this point. It's really just about creating that space that's the word I'm looking for that community (laughs) yeah that space to just like double down on you know the brand love and get people to stay with Fender it's the affinity it's the people like keeping them hooked really yeah Yeah, absolutely it's so tough trying to hit all those different marks but that again is like one of those things where we've gotten especially from a social standpoint of gotten a lot more sophisticated around okay how can we hit all these different things and you know that also means YouTube, you can go for your long form content, your lessons, all that. You can see ungated content for Fender Play, Fender Sessions, Mm -hmm. all that fun stuff. We also have a Fender Custom Shop Instagram, where if you want to go look at pretty expensive guitars, you can go there (laughs) and see what we're putting out every day. Guitar porn? Is that a thing? Do people say that? Yeah, that is definitely a term that uh, gets thrown around, (laughs) for sure. It is definitely difficult trying to hit make sure you're, you're speaking to everyone. I think this is another thing that's tough too, is you can't create like one piece of content that's going to hit every single market. So it's also set like level setting with yourself and stakeholders of, Hey, you know, like we're making this piece of content, but like, this is the reason why, you know, this is the audience we're serving in that. And it's honestly probably in our best interest that this isn't made for every single person because that's impossible. And that is just a really, tough road to go down. So um, the company like sees the value in social and, you know, that we're able to invest in it more and, you know, create the content that we want and that we know people want to see. It's pretty amazing. Speaking of the content that people want to see, you mentioned (laughs) some artists and some of the things that Fender is doing, working with musicians and content creators. I'm curious from your perspective, what your most memorable experience has been or the favorite piece of content that you've helped put out in the world. Oh, that's so tough. Um, I mean, yeah, I am first and foremost, very, very fortunate that I get to work with my heroes on a regular basis. I mean, it's (laughs) like, it is, it's truly crazy. I think one of my most memorable experiences for sure was, um, so Pre-pandemic, we used to do takeovers on our Instagram. I mean, we still do them, but now they're remote because no one's touring right now. Mm -hmm. But we would do Instagram takeovers for different artists. And, you know, myself or the other coordinator at the time would, you know, I would be going to concerts usually like once a week to go backstage and interview, you know, some artists, you know, talking about their, yeah, it was like a joke, truly a joke. I was just like, well, how would I get here? (laughs) But I remember one in particular was one of my favorite bands is Local Natives. And um, they, yeah, 
I love them. I've loved them since high school. They're so great. And, you know, I remember seeing them at Amoeba uh, Records, you know, when I was 15. And they, they're probably like the band I've seen the most uh, out, of, <laughs> out of everyone. And they were coming out with an album, I think, two years ago. And I noticed they play Fender. And I was like, you know, went to the... We, we also have a very... Uh, the social team is super tight with our artist marketing team, which is dedicated to just like getting artist product, you know, and, you know, yeah, if gotcha. we're looking for, for artist talent to be in marketing campaigns, like they're kind of that liaison between Fender and artists. So I remember like going in and I was like, Hey, I saw that like local need, you know, they're coming out with the album. Do you think they'd be interested in doing a takeover? And they were like, oh, yeah, they were and they were playing at the the Palladium, like right next door to us. And they yeah, were like, yeah, cool. do you want to go interview them? And I was like, uh, yeah, I do. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, I got to go and interview them, meet the backstage. And and then I got like a backstage, you know, normally it's like you also like stay to like get like to record part of the um Right. Part of the show. And so. I just remember standing backstage and watching them. It was like the encore or whatever. And literally just like tears coming down my face. Aww. <laughs> I, just, I just went back and I just immediately started thinking about I was so lost and so miserable, <laughs> you know, right when I graduated from college and just like not knowing what I want to do. And I am getting paid to make content with one of my favorite bands. It was just yeah. like a crazy, like full circle moment. And I will never forget that moment. That was just that's you know, amazing. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty incredible. <laughs> I love it. What about any like up and coming artists? What's Fender's role in that? Like, I know with the emergence of TikTok, and this is kind of another question we had for you: is social being a sound off world until like TikTok comes along and it's all about sound on? <laughs> mm -hmm. There's so many new artists who are recording videos, performing. Um, what does that look like for you? Have you guys been kind of monitoring what's going on on TikTok? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, and I would, I'll say for, especially for emerging artists, I mean, that's a huge priority for us as a company. Yeah. Um, we actually, we've started this program back in 2019 and we just announced our third iteration of it called Fender Next. And so it's basically, we have this roster of emerging artists that we, you know, will announce each year. We just announced our 2021 classes earlier this week. And and it basically is like we work with them to, you know, we'll, you know, work with them to make sure they have gear and, you know, we'll prioritize them for social content. And then, um, you know, they'll be featured in like marketing campaigns. And it's kind of like a, again, using our platform and our brand to kind of like help these artists. And I'm sure I they appreciate that. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's great. It's so amazing to see like who has been a part of those early days. And then I remember our first iteration, I think Phoebe Bridgers was like part of our, you know, oh group. And, you know, and she's, I mean, she, she was big at the time, but she's like blowing up. Yeah. When you're talking about artists and like if an artist is quote unquote big, like what that means. Cause yeah. I feel like historically when you think of like big artists, it's, oh, they have big record sales. They have right. huge sold out tours and all this stuff. But in this age of TikTok and social media, it, that's so different now. We always say we're like, what came first, the song or the TikTok? Like when you see it on Spotify, I'm like, is it a, like a hit song that went to TikTok or vice versa? Yeah, exactly. Well, I was just like reading an article the other day about, I forget what the band was, but they, yeah, like blew up on, had a song that they released on TikTok that like blew up and they have like millions of streams that they've never played a live show, wow. you know? And like historically, when we think of big, that wouldn't register. And so right. I think that is like a interesting conversation that we've been having recently of like, yeah, when we're talking about 
about what artists were working with. Like, yeah, to maybe someone who's older who might not use TikTok or something, they don't know who this artist is or whatever. Like that might not be big in their head, but like to a younger Gen Z millennial person, like that's like their idol, you know? And so Mm -hmm. again, when you're talking about how we're kind of talking to these different markets, that's like another thing that you have to take in mind. The artists that are important to people, it's different across generations and how they identify with if that artist is big or smaller, all all of that is, it's all relative to the person and to just the landscape that we're in right now. I'm thinking even about the driver's license. Olivia Rodriguez, you know, starts on TikTok. She just posted it and then it was on SNL and everyone knows it now. Yeah. It is kind of crazy. It's wild. And I think what's also crazy too is social media is just how fast it's evolved. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm sure you guys have seen like social dilemma and like all that crazy stuff. That really made me think about like, you know, even just thinking of like what social media meant to us 10 years ago to now. I mean, it's just completely different. And, you know, I've, I've heard you guys talk about this on podcasts before, but just I mean, you wake up every day and something's different with the the algorithm (laughs) or whatever that is. Yeah. Um, And, you know, it's just moving so, so fast. And so it's just like you always have to be on your toes. If you had told me a year ago that people would post a song on this like weird app and would like just blow up and, you know, be, yeah, like with Olivia Rodrigo, like she would be, like her song would be on SNL, you know, it just, that sounds crazy, but that's just the world we live in now. It's, it's wild. Yep. What is the first concert you want to go to post quarantine? I have to know, like I'm dying to like hear from someone who works in the industry, like what they're most anticipating. Oh my God. Um, I mean, first of all, I will just be excited to be at a concert. Like I, (laughs) yeah, I mean, I, yeah, but prior to the pandemic, I was, I was pretty much at a show like every single week. That concert is my happy place for sure. (laughs) If my mom listens to the show and when I first moved to New York city, she had friends ask her like, oh, what does Jen do on the weekends? What are her hobbies? And her answer was always, Jen goes to concerts. (laughs) Yeah. I understand the pain of not being able to do that. And I think my mom would echo that sentiment as well. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I I mean, my wallet is definitely thankful because I'm not, you know, dropping $30 on a single beer. But um, but, (laughs) yeah, it's, uh, I definitely miss it a lot. I have a note on my phone that I kind of keep track of like, A, all the concerts that I've been to. And then also all the concert, like all the people in concert, I still want to see. And I mean, this is, I don't know if they're ever going to come up, but like Radiohead is my favorite band of all time. And I've seen Tom York once, which is wild, but like Radiohead, they're just my number one. If I can see them live, I could die. (laughs) Oh, you know what? Actually, I bought my first concert tickets in a year to go see Krugman, but it was like, so it was so funny. I just completely forgot that whole process of like, oh, wait, like, how does a presale code work? And like, oh, right, I need to be on at 10 a.m. and like get in the queue for access or whatever. Um, so there's like all this stuff where it's like, th- that was such a normal part of my life of just like buying concert tickets. And I just completely yeah. forgot how yeah. to do that because I've been home for a year doing nothing. <laughs> well, here's to Radiohead and yeah, hopefully yeah. all of our near future. Yeah, <laughs> I hope so. Maddie, thank you so much for coming on the show. This was amazing. Thank you guys so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Maddie's Radiohead is my Blink-182. <laughs> yes. Do you have tickets yet? Are they touring? No. Oh, Travis is busy with Courtney. Yeah. Travis is a little busy right now. <laughs> he is in, newly in love. <laughs> that was a great interview, though. I think even just the beginning part about 
listing all the different jobs that Maddie could do in the music career. We have a friend who just started a job in sonic branding. Oh, yeah. And I didn't even know that was an industry of like (laughs) (laughs) a whole agency dedicated to coming up with the sound. So it's amazing what if you just find your passion. And I mean, we talk about social media. I don't think I woke up one day and said, you know what? I'm going to work in social media. (laughs) What was that voice? I don't know. But here we are, you know, and it's just interesting because she knew she liked music and she found and made a career out of it. It's like, bravo, girl. And I definitely think Fender is one of my new favorite accounts to follow. I've been into it ever since I followed it. I mean, yeah, I'm mesmerized by people who are pros at playing guitars. Like just watching them work, it's so cool. All right, are you ready for the account you all should be following this week? I'm ready. (laughs) Tell me. Glad, Michelle. I actually know you really like this brand. Let's talk about CVS. Yeah. The drugstore is actually partnering with Nima Tang, who is a beauty influencer and is working as their first ever beauty inclusivity consultant. Tell me more about what that means. Okay, it's putting her in a unique role that really allows her to shape the way CVS is talking about inclusivity in the beauty space. Okay, okay. And she's actually worked with the retailer since 2018. So the partnership has been around for a while, but this is definitely going to be a major promotion for her and really play up how she interacts with their community. That's awesome. Yeah, I you mentioned that I liked the CVS brand and I, I remember on Pinterest I saw some posts I did once that was like beauty tips for people who had cancer. Mm. So it was different it was different products and recommendations for things like skincare and hair loss. And I thought I had never seen that before and it was very cool that CVS was doing that. I know. And I mean, leaning more into the fact that they are a drugstore. Right. And drugstore makeup being way more accessible to a ton of communities is something that they're definitely playing up, which I'm totally here for. Love it. I'm going to go follow. Time to say goodbye. Oh, man. All right. Bye. All the social ladies. 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 Now put your phones up.